Welcome to the Cloudonics CX Verse podcast. In this series, we are exploring everything related to customer experience. So, thank you all for coming. As you can tell, we were hoping for a slightly bigger turnout. We'll see who else shows up. Uh, I see more people popping up outside the hall uh, and coming in, so we'll see what happens. Uh, this was intended as a live event uh, to be held in New York at Pace. Unfortunately, uh, the war in Israel has caused some inconvenience on travel, so we've moved it to the metaverse. So thank you all for joining us. Today we'll be discussing customer experience in times of crisis. So things like coming here into the metaverse being one of the options, but over the last several years between COVID, wars, uh, various things, a decade ago we had the Icelandic volcano, all sorts of things get in the way of providing the experience that you intended to give people. So what we'd like to do is have a little bit of a discussion today and then open up for questions about how this works and what people can do. So what I'd like to start with is Nelly, whose environment we are currently in. If you can tell us a little bit about yourself and Tangra, we can start with that. Absolutely. Thank you so much. My name is Nelly Tacheva. This is me. <laughs> I'm super excited to be part of this panel. Thank you, Eric, for inviting me. Uh, it's a true pleasure to welcome you all to Tangra. Uh, and it's uh, really unfortunate circumstances around moving this event from you know, the in-person as intended uh, to a virtual one. I hope uh, we can provide you with an engaging experience here in this virtual world. A little bit about me. I'm an innovator, entrepreneur, educator. Um, my first master's degree prepared me for a high school math teacher career, but then I fell in love with databases and coding, and I spent the next 20 plus years in technology. And then I took uh, my MBA program where I guess I got the entrepreneurial work <laughs> and I ended up uh, starting off on my own. And that's when uh, Tangra was born. Our metaverse platform, Tangra, uh, intends change the way we do uh, virtual events, virtual learning and collaboration. And the intention is to turn those, you know, flat squares on the screen, usually black with everyone's camera off, into real life-like interactions, uh, into photorealistic avatars and uh, beautiful virtual worlds where we can walk around, we can get together, we can interact with each other, we can learn, we can have events and all sorts of things in a much more interesting, interactive and engaging way than, you know, over video conferencing platforms, for example. And that's me. Okay, I'm going to ask one question before we get started and I move over to Marlene. What does Tankra mean or come from? It comes from a dear to very dear to where I come from and the uh, intention behind this uh, coming from my you know, cultural inheritance is that 
we are all equal and we need all to uh, be good people. So that's the idea. Uh, we try our best to live a good life and that's how it should be. Yeah, not, you know, whether you are this or that type of person and all sorts of demographics that don't really matter. You need to be a good person and do good. That's the idea. Okay, Marlene, would you please introduce yourself and what you're doing? Sure, my name is Marlene Alvarano. I'm very happy to be here and grateful as well. I am a retail operator. I've had a great opportunity to work with a variety of people different product and staying uh, forward thinking, which is one of my um, passions, I think, across the board. I've been mostly focused on supporting growth strategies, uh, creating efficiencies, process improvements, and implementing innovation, uh, which goes back to, to the staying relevant, right? I've had a, a very exciting journey working with incredible brands and founders across several categories. I've been um, involved in market, uh, mass market and luxury apparel and accessories, home, youth, beauty, and most recently confectionery. I'm also an alumni at, of uh, Pace University, so I'm very grateful for Eric's invitation uh, when he reached out. So very happy to come back to the to the place for kind of uh, encouraged me to to think outside the box and, and go out into the world. Great. Thank you. Nir, are you with us yet or not yet? I'll take that as no. So Nir will be joining. Well, click in when he can. I'm Eric Klein. I guess instead of being a panelist, I will be your host today and MC this until we get them going. Uh, I'm co-founder and COO of Cloudonics, uh, as you can see on the wall behind us. Cloudonics is a software-defined communications network, and we are very much involved with trying to provide better customer experiences from any media, whether this is enabling people using QR codes to contact your call center with proper data, all the way out into inter-metaverse communications. So this is where this started and how Nellie and I got hooked up to do this as part of the Metaverse Standards Forum. So things are going to always be difficult or challenging as we try to move into customer experience because we have no way of knowing what's going on with different people in the world, uh, different environments, wars, elections, uh, viruses, etc. It makes things very complicated to deal with. So with this said, we kind of started the concept of doing the CX verse, customer experience verse, started as a podcast. As part of Tech Week, we moved into doing it live. Today, we're in the metaverse. So to start our discussion, Marlene, what is the most challenging thing you have seen happen during the last couple of crises in terms of how people are having trouble with providing good customer experience? You know, I think it's, it's accessibility to resolution and also a, a user-friendly sort of ability to get whether it's a service or a conversation or an outcome you know as 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 having uh, this broad range of of um of uh, access to things in the past one of the things that i came across uh was escalation right so how do, how do you escalate things and i think the customer as as they as they're having a crisis or as they having 
difficulty with something. They, they really don't want to explain things over and over again. They want to just get to the point. They want to get to one-stop shopping resolution. They, they want to just go on with their life and, and find the, you know, an accessible solution around their trouble. Makes sense. Nilly, anything you'd like to add or that you've seen in terms of customer experience around these? I want to start with the horror stories before we get into the improvements. Yeah, absolutely. I was just thinking about our event and the first thing which came to mind was what is the definition of a crisis? So I turned to Wikipedia and it says it is an event or period that will lead to an unstable and dangerous situation affecting an individual group or all of society. And why I was thinking in that direction, uh, simply because oftentimes, especially at companies, we tend to escalate certain issues and consider certain things as a crisis while they may not necessarily be right like uh, you know a follow-up or someone dropped the ball on a follow-up or an email or some uh, meeting or something that's not ideal of course but that's not a crisis so when we are talking about a crisis let's define it as something which is really impactful to a big group of people with regards to how we make sure that uh, we take care of our customers, we need to uh, be very patient and empathetic and communicate even more than we used to before with everyone around us, employees, co-workers, vendors, partners, uh, and of course, our customers. So to me, of course, there are many other things that need to be taken into account, and I'm sure we'll get into those. But the very first is to make sure that you understand the situation well. You make sure that you know the impact of uh, everyone affected, and then the communication is key. Makes sense. Okay, near. Yeah, yeah, I, okay. I managed to get it working. Yeah. Okay, so take a step back. Would you like to introduce yourself and then we'll move on to the questions? Yeah, yeah. Well, let me just stand up from the, from the chair. I think it's appropriate. Yeah. So, um, hi, everybody. This is uh, not really what we planned for, to say the least. Uh, my name is Nir, and I'm CEO and founder of Cloudonics. And Cloudonics, as potentially Eric already introduced us, uh, we, uh, we call ourselves the Do More Business Platform. Uh, and what we enable people to do is use communications in new ways that create better customer experiences. The reason that we're doing this planned event in the metaverse, instead of being in actual New York City, and as everybody knows, is there's a war that started about two weeks ago here in Israel. And it only emphasized how important what we actually do is uh, and how much customer experiences are fundamentally broken all over the place. It doesn't really matter if it's your, if it's business, if it's citizen uh, related services, municipal services, they're all relatively broken. And the biggest issue is that they're broken because people don't really understand how they should work. 
over the past two weeks, we've been working closely with multiple civilian assistance uh, bodies here in Israel that literally sprung up immediately, like four or five hours after the atrocities started. And we started getting information from all over the place. And we all started working on tools, new communication tools, new experiences for people to talk to other people and to get services. And it only gave us emphasis and really clarified how important customer experiences are. And as we evolve today, we know that customer experiences like the ones we're having right now, you know, this is, these are just the buds of how you can use the metaverse. We don't really know. I think that we don't really know what the metaverse is going to be like, but this is definitely one thing. Uh, and I do see the customer experiences change uh, and merge together. Uh, one of the things that we were creating in the past few days basically was a, a WhatsApp bot that was able to not only converse with people, but also to enable them to connect with people without exposing them and various other, uh, other privacy tools that normally do not exist uh, today. Uh, there are so much, so many endeavors right now that are being catered here in Israel and which are very interesting. And I think that in the next few weeks, we're going to see a lot more of them coming out. Um, and it's, I know it, it sounds really bad, but it, these are very exciting times uh, because it takes a lot of, um, I'd say a lot of ingenuity and a lot of, um, uh, let's say out of the box thinking it's looking at these events that are happening all around us and, and looking and saying, okay, okay, we're, we're putting these aside, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, whatever is going out there, but we need to, to help other people and we need to figure out how to do it. And that's what we're here for. So back to you, Rick. Great. Okay. So I'm going to start just a little bit. We're all familiar with bad customer experience situations. Why is it not letting me turn? Thank you. Okay. Do we all know bad customer experiences, calling up tech support or a customer care for banks, for whatever services you have, and you get long queues. So the question here is, how can we do this better, especially when people are in crisis, flight cancellations, or hurricanes or other things, how do we make this better? Okay, how do we get where they are to make it work? So I'm gonna ask Marlene first, then I'll go to Nelly and Nir in sequence. All right, I'm gonna try to stand up over here. Uh, new to the metaverse, so bear with me. You know, I, I think the, uh, what I've done in the past with my teams is number one thing is training. Uh, training the teams is important because you get to share expectations. You get to share how to, how to you know, humanize a conversation with someone. And you also uh, create parameters of resolution so that the, the situation doesn't escalate anymore, right? So training is one of them. And, and the second is really have uh, a conversation with the customer. And, and it, to me, is this one-time you know, resolution, uh, not advancing the situation anymore, and really giving it a thoughtful and effective resolution where the customer feels they can come back and they can continue to have this relationship with your business. Um, it's important. I think one of the things that I've seen in recent years is the loss 
of training uh, teams. And, and I, I mean, I just, I just came across it even yesterday at a, at a supermarket where I asked a question and the person just looked down and pointed. And that's very, that's dehumanizing an environment, right? We all are eager to, to have a relationship with one another and to have a good form of communication and, and like it was said before, to be a good human, right? So a lot of that goes back to training and how effective companies are in, in training their, their Okay. Nelly, how about, about getting this and using things like the metaverse to get to people? Yeah, I was about to say, Eric, that uh, I would love to cover the technology <laughs> perspective angle here. Of course, we, and this is, it goes without saying that we need to streamline and automate our processes as much as possible, crisis or not, obviously, we must do that, uh, provide self-service options to customers, partners, employees. That is also a no-brainer, again, with or without a crisis. These are things which uh, we should all try and do uh, at our companies. Uh, but what, what the latest emerging technologies give us, uh, they give us an opportunity to, to augment our physical offices with uh, a metaverse uh, one, they give us the opportunity to augment our teams with digital agents. And yes, we currently have the chatbots and the voice assistants, and it's kind of scattered into di utilizing different technologies and having a different solution. The way I see it, the future is in virtual reality, AI assistance. They look like humans, thanks to VR and photorealistic avatars. They speak like humans because of the machine learning and speech-to-text, text-to-speech uh, technology advancement. They know more than any single human being can possibly learn. Again, thanks to AI and semantic search, for example, not to mention that they are available 24-7 around the globe and at a scale uh, which uh, can serve everyone and anyone um, from various geographies or time zones due to their digital and, and cloud nature, of course. So that's how I see us progressing. Obviously, we cannot, no company can hire enough agents, no company can, you know, have enough phone lines. And especially when um, there is a crisis, when everyone is trying to reach that same, let's say, phone line, or maybe hitting the same number of agents, that's impossible to be handled uh, if we didn't employ uh, technology. And the way we can interact with these AI assistants in a virtual world, it would be much more humanized, it would be much more pleasant, uh, and in my opinion, it would be much more uh, effective because, again, this is a chatbot who talks to us, who looks like a human and who knows everything 
and anything and depending on the level of uh, you know integrations we've allowed uh, they will have the uh, the knowledge of our processes and people and, and structure within the company so that way they can be a very knowledgeable team member so to speak makes sense Nir, would you like to say something about how um, the technology works with these chatbots and other services to make it possible? Well, I think that um, most of the work being done today on chatbots and, you know, we're seeing ChatGPT and its likes and so on are very much uh, limited right now in, you know, in the la large language models, regardless if it's, you know, GPT 3.5 or 4, it doesn't really matter the limitations are still there uh it's a very interesting technology <clears throat> as we progress you know into the metaverse world and seeing you know chatbots with human-like avatars will produce an environment where people will be more akin to you know interacting inside the metaverse and creating new experiences Personally, I see it as a good thing, but there are various, let's say, caveats that we need to uh, make sure to address. Uh, one of them, uh, actually, I saw yesterday. I don't know if you've ever seen this. Uh, you know that Chat GPT. Uh, you can go to in, you can go talk to it and ask it to write code for you. Anybody, any any of you ever tried doing that once? By the way, this is an open question, so you feel feel free to jump in. I have, yes. Yeah. Now, and the code that it produces. Well, hold on one second. Nir, if anybody wants yeah. to talk, you can either yeah. type into the chat or press one to raise your hand and we will unmute you. Oh, yeah, right. Forgot it. We need to unmute people. <laughs> and so yesterday I was talking to somebody and he went outside telling me, oh, I wrote this really cool piece of code. And I was thinking to myself, how did this guy write a piece of code? He doesn't know how to code, yet alone he doesn't even speak a word of English. So it was a little weird. So he started talking and then he showed me the code and I realized that it was written by chat GPT. And, and that was really amazing because the code was, well, it, it worked. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't beautiful, but it did work. But then it actually gave, brought me to the realization that once we're inside the metaverse and chatbots will have their own human-like avatars it'll be it'll be very hard to distinguish between potentially a real person and a chatbot and at that point where a human will not be able to distinguish between the two uh, we can easily enter a new realm where chatbots and ai that exists with inside the metaverse can be easily mistaken for a real human being on one hand and what will be the implications of that in for example the workforce what will be the implication on services what will be the implication on society i think these are really interesting open questions i don't think we have any answers at this point we won't have them at least for the next 20 years but these are i think things where the metaverse and all these experiences will come into play and it's our responsibility to make them work the way we need them to work and not, you know, run wild. So something you just mentioned regarding 
not even speaking the language in terms of speaking English. One of the things in a crisis situation is you have no way of knowing what language people speak native. And let's be honest, when you're stressed out, you're not going to be going into your second or third language. You're going to revert to your childhood language. So these are the kinds of tools that can automatically translate or help do things using the bots, using the AI to help improve experience by translating between languages. That's a great example, Eric. And yeah, this is one of the many applications when you can have real-time translation in as many languages uh, as supported, not existing probably, but uh, this is a great way to, uh, I speak my language, it gets translated into yours, so it, we may never uh, ever <laughs> be able to communicate in the real world, but uh, in this virtual world, it would be easy for us and without even knowing a second uh, language. So yeah, great use case. Okay. From what we saw, most of you most during COVID, Marlene, what could have been done better for making people available to get the proper experience for the end customer? You mentioned training before. Yeah, I, I was actually, um, you know, I'm, I'm listening to Mir and Nelly, um, and and it's interesting that you just brought COVID because in terms of training and the use of technology and chatbox, this was an opportunity to do it better because we were not only in lockdown, but for many, many months, people weren't really traveling, teams were not getting together. And businesses still needed to move forward and be there for their customer, right? So this, this technology and the metaverse and is really the opportunity to set up training in a more intimate setting. Uh, typically, training has been either in person or, you know, video conferences or through policies and procedures, which is really not training. That's more, that's more guidelines. But I think that this environment is really that unique uh, point where teams can get together, effective training can be delivered, and it's especially helpful uh, going back to the conversation of COVID, right? It, was, it would have been extremely helpful to be able to facilitate all that when we couldn't see one another and we couldn't get to one another. And even, even today, right, we, we look at companies that are trying to reduce their expenses and become more agile and become more effective in the things we do. And as, as retailers, for example, if we're managing teams completely on the other side of the country, how wonderful would it be to just sit in an environment like this, have a little fun with it, and at the same time, deliver and execute that training, you know, as a tool. And I think, again, that's what could have been done a little different, of course, during COVID. Definitely. So looking at the possibilities, okay, Nelly, you've mentioned how metaverse makes it easier. We're here, not, it's not a Zoom. We've got people sitting in the audience who look like people, not just the photograph or an initial. Where do you see this going towards improving services during these kinds of situations? Uh, thank you, Eric. Great question. And the way I see it moving forward, uh, this type of virtual reality world, virtual reality office or agents, they augment the existing ones. 
We still have the in-person ones, of course. We go to the office if we wanted to. We do have the agents, uh, human agents, answering the phone. And to get back to uh, something near mentioned earlier, yes, we do have the responsibility as builders of, of this new uh, reality. We do have the responsibility to make sure that we explicitly say if this is an agent or if this is a person. But you should agree that many human customer care representatives sound like robots <laughs> on the phone going through the script. So the way I see it moving forward, we have these digital twins as a metaverse office or metaverse uh, spaces where we gather, where we can train our employees, where we can uh, host our events or our meetings or one-on-ones. And at the same time, we augment the teams with these AI assistants who, again, take some of the burden of our plates as human being, and they can also do so, so many things translation, real-time, um, searching the internet literally and finding all sorts of information. And at the same time, they can uh, serve as the human UI layer, if you will, like the UI layer in front of uh, all the automation and all the workflow streamlining and automation, which is behind the scenes. So you still have that automation going on, but the face of it is not a no code or <laughs> interface. The, the face of it becomes a human who talks to you and you speak to that person in order to, you know, give them the command or, or ask for whatever they can help you out with. So that's how I see it going. Of course, we need to take into account uh, where those worlds are and where the physical servers are and to ensure that uh, we have our bases covered in case of, you know, one region uh, not being accessible for some reason. So everything in the cloud from a technological perspective with cloud uh, infrastructure and with the current technology we can build a lot and no longer uh, do we have to go into the country in order to expand our presence there we can expand it into the metaverse makes sense marlene where would you love to see this kind of technology this kind of experience go in the future what would be your your dream or your vision for it you know i think uh, i think in the mental health space it would be extremely useful i think one of the things that i was thinking about before joining today is you know we talked about or i mentioned before accessibility right i think that in 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 the mental health crisis that we have seldom are there available appointments for people you know, it takes a very long time for that person to go see a mental health professional. Um, sometimes there's an urgent situation. Sometimes a person is in um, denial. Sometimes they, they prefer privacy. And I think that this is a wonderful way to, again, going back to accessibility, get them the immediate help that they need to to help them in that crisis and to and to have it in a in a personal space that is confidential, um, but it's but it also 
you know, you're able to share not via a phone call, uh, but more intimate setting. And I think in the mental health um, space, it would be a tremendous, a tremendous tool. Okay. Nir, how would you want to look at designing or thinking about something like that? Well, you know, the, the, you know, the topic of mental health, um, is interesting because I've been dealing with, with that topic for the past two weeks. So, uh, I, it's a little close to me right now. Um, but the thing is <clears throat> that while the metaverse and I think the metaverse is a concept for mental health sessions is awesome because, uh, you know, as you just said, it is a very private space. It's a very comfortable uh, place to be in, not only specifically for mental health, you know, sessions, but also uh, even, co you know, personal coaching, executive coaching, which is really um, taking off in the past I know, 15, 20 years. But the thing is that one thing that we need to remember is that while the metaverse is a wonderful tool and it will be here there's no question about it we also need to remember that in in, in various crisis situations it may not be available so we need to make sure that therapists or professionals that are rendering the service with inside the metaverse and are are becoming more and more and more accustomed to it will also be able to connect outbound and from the metaverse the real world and from the real real world back into the metaverse not necessarily using a computer or a smartphone sometimes even using a very simple i don't want to say rotary phone because they don't exist anymore uh <laughs> but even you know being able to pick up the phone at your house and just calling somebody that is potentially right now inside the metaverse somewhere and Maybe that call would generate a, a virtual avatar in the in the metaverse for you, or maybe it won't. I don't know. I don't know what the experience is going to be be like. But I do know that we need to make sure that these cross, let's say, cross world slash metaverse and even cross metaverse experiences need to exist. You know, right now we're inside Tangra, uh, which, by the way, is an awesome concept. Really, I, I love it. Uh, and Eric and I had seen already several implementations of metaverse experiences, but they're all very much designed to be walled gardens. They're very much uh, mission specific or let's say vertical specific, which is awesome. That's, that's exactly what they want, need to be. But as we progress, we're going to need ways to build cross metaverse tools. May, namely, I want to be able to communicate from Tangro metaverse to potentially another metaverse. I want to be able to do uh, cross metaverse events. For example, and we're doing CXverse live right now here in, in Tangra. And why don't we, we'll have an ability to do it somewhere on another metaverse because somewhere else around in the world, somebody else wants to use something else. And we, we, we need to create these cross connectivity tools, which currently don't exist. But again, you know, the metaverse in healthcare, in mental health, I think it's going to be an amazing tool. It's going to become, I think, one of the leading tools in the years to come for this. Yes, Nelly. 
I'm all with you near. Maybe some people won't feel comfortable on a tropical island today. Maybe they prefer a mountain or, you know, a snow kind of background. But yeah, we should be able to go seamlessly between and exchange assets between virtual worlds. And this is coming, but as we know, uh, there is a lot of work to be done, but uh, we are getting uh, we are getting there, that's for sure. Eric, I would like to share my um, a, another perspective uh, to your question, where I see this going. I already mentioned I'm an, an educator <laughs> as well as a technologist, and I would love to see this technology employed uh, for education. And when I say education, I mean learning in general, whether it is K-12, whether it is uh, academia, whether it is uh, vocational even training or professional training. Well, we can do so much better with, again, augmenting the classroom with these virtual experiences, whether we're learning about, you know, worlds long gone or species extinct or uh, whether we want a few trip into the space just imagine what the learning experience that would be no longer just text no longer images or even a video uh, you can immerse the students into into that experience so uh, we are learning about dinosaurs we are walking alongside those you know, dinosaurs in their natural habitat, right? Or right now, maybe we're learning about uh, some tropical <laughs> fauna or, or flora. So this is something which is very helpful. And my, my vision, the way I see it moving forward is the teachers and the instructors are equipped with these tools to easily create and manipulate and customize these virtual experiences for, for their needs, for their lectures, for, for their classes. Wonderful. You've just combined the magic school bus with the holodeck. Yes, Marlene. I, you know, she's on point because as I was, as I, as we were talking about mental health, it occurred to me that I've, I've seen Minecraft and Roblox. And for me, that is an educational tool. It has the metaverse and the, and the world's feeling that Nero was speaking of earlier, uh, but it brings in so much creativity that in a way you can't really replicate in a, in a classroom environment, um, especially for, you know, creating that, that the engineering, the design, you know, just the inquisitiveness of kids that perhaps are, don't know about it or don't know how to get to it or don't really have it accessible uh, to them. And um, I, I think that Nellie's right on, on it. One of the things that came up last year when we were doing the Enterprise Metaverse Expo uh, down in Fort Lauderdale is we had a conversation in one of the in one of the sessions where people were talking about using the metaverse to overcome phobias and other things so you could be in a metaverse setting and be exposed to flight or to spiders or whatever and it was helping people in a safe environment cope with their fears so there's there's a whole category I hadn't intended the entire discussion to go into using the metaverse for these things as much as using the metaverse as a way of communicating. 
but this is exactly where we're looking. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, these these are all great examples, even public speaking, actually. And they're having companies training in virtual reality their customer care to get us back on track. Their customer care representative are being trained into virtual reality because they can, again, in a safe environment and with these simulations, uh, they can learn things like empathetic listening. They can learn how to handle customers objections, how to deal with, um, you know, every now and then there would be an angry customer uh, while they're not face, facing a real human being. So uh, that's a great example. And many companies have already been successful in doing that. Yes, Marlene. <laughs> you know, Nellie, you just keep bringing up these great conversations. Uh, the, that goes back to the training, right? You talked about the opportunity for training and tools and uh, you know, customer care typically is on a phone, right? Or in a chat box, but customer care happens in, in a brick and mortar on the floor. And so that training tool that we were referring to earlier and speaking about, it's, it's role-playing, right? So role-playing in this environment um, is, is a really creative way of going about it. And that is that safe space, right? And you can do the role-playing so that you can de-escalate customers so that you learn how to, uh, you know, solve um, the first conversation before you're actually going out there into the real conversations with the customers. So another great point. Up to and including AI customer experiences programmed to be irate or whatever the training exercise is supposed to be. Absolutely. Correct. And, 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 you know, again, when we have remote locations, whether they're across the country or, you know, that exchange of training tools is, is very difficult when you're trying to train a, either a person or a group of person. And we talked about, you know, um, just uh, leadership overall when, when you're talking in, in, in terms of executive training. Some, some leadership courses that I've been in have, uh, a lot of them actually have been in person, but you're also exchanging some ideas or perhaps even personal situations in order to get into the, the leadership or the public speaking sort of space, right, of, of uh, leadership training. And so, again, this is another uh, space that you can do that in and without having to expose yourself to a large, larger audience, but more in a more intimate setting. Definitely, and allows you to be more flexible. Here, will you have anything you'd like to add to this? I think, I think we, I, I think we, we took that topic and beat it down. Okay. Uh, I'm not seeing any questions from the audience yet. If you have a question, type it into the chat. Uh, press one to raise your hand, uh, and we'll get to your topic. So, we have had. For years, there have been various options or ways of dealing with things. I always like to joke about the, the uh, asterisk example of we have weasels in our phone system or the zombie apocalypse error uh, test messages. But the reality is, is the world is getting more complicated and more challenging. Flight cancellations, hurricanes, tornadoes, wars, uh, diseases, all of these require rapid response solutions and you need to deal with people who are 
I'll be polite and say highly stressed. So giving good customer care to an audience that by definition is having a difficult time of it requires a different approach of how you provide customer care, how you respond to people, what kinds of options you give them. Whether this is something as simple as I missed my connecting flight and I'm one of 300 people who need to get rerouted or, oh my God, my house is gone. So these are the things that we're looking to improve uh, and kind of where we started the conversation from. COVID was just one example. There've been all too many hurricanes in the US in the last couple of years. Recordings or messages for uh, active shooter situations. So these are the things that we need to find better tools, better ways, whether that's chatbots or QR codes so people can always reach us. What are the, the kinds of things that we need to do to prepare for those kinds of situations so the teams can handle it and deal with these stressed out people? Anyone on the panel want to pick that up? I, I would like to say that the diversifying our communication channels is a must. Of course, we want to get the information to our customers or maybe vendors as soon as possible, uh, but sometimes one channel may not work or might be temporary, uh, temporarily uh, inaccessible, like a power outage may take the whole call center down, right? So having these alternatives and I, I believe that this is part of the risk management we must have at our companies. And, you know, at, at the point of a crisis, we are no longer uh, thinking whether we can avoid or reduce or transfer the risk. We are just accepting it and dealing with it. So um, diversifying those communication cha channels, we know that uh, at least Twitter used to be that, you know, uh, the place where people would post about uh, no outages or, or server downs or services not uh, accessible nowadays many people moved to discord for example but having all those channels of communication yes we do have the emails yes we do have the call center but but on top of that utilizing social media discord or any other channel that might be helpful any and all actually in order to reach to as many people as possible is uh, crucial in my opinion. Mia, Marlene? I think, the, I think the, the challenge is that all of these means of communication depend on, on uh, being powered up, right? So I think the, the challenge here is how do we remain powered up? How do we reinstate re, uh, power so that we can then use a variety of communication channels? I think that's the, the, the big issue, you know, and, and, and again, not everyone um, has access to technology and oftentimes in crisis power. So what then, what are, how do, how do we get to solve for all these emergencies and crisis when you don't have those key elements to, to leverage or actually as the, as the foundation, right. To communicate. Actually, that's a double-sided situation. As we've discovered in the past with hurricanes, you neither have the power for the people to receive the calls. And as we move further and further away from, as Nir mentioned, the old rotary phones, you need to have electricity, not just from the central station, but from the actual phone locally and able to connect. 
but they're also running into problems where cell towers are not powered, so they have to bring in mobile towers to act up using generators. So yes, electricity and connectivity are becoming even more crucial as we go forward. To some limited degree, satellite picks up some of that, but for the most part, we're we're tied to the electric grid more than we are even to the data network. That is 100% true. And it's 100% scary. It truly is. <laughs> because also you know there's there's no uh, again there, there are many places that don't have the, the infrastructure to be able to bring it back up immediately right so it's not only the level of the crisis happening but also the the location of where it's happening um, and how accessible it is so so yes i think that technology is a wonderful you know advancement that gets us even more connected to one another, but is incredibly reliant on electricity, uh, which is an issue, right? It's a real issue. Definitely. And as we move further and further into tech, the problem of balancing things out is going to become even more challenging. Sorry, just heard uh, an intercept uh, near my house talking about life living under crisis. So... Any questions from anybody else? No. Okay. So looking at, we, we've discussed some of the tools, some of the technology moving into the metaverse, moving out of the metaverse, connecting various solutions that people need to bring in the capabilities to make this work. But this, like I said, th this goes beyond any particular kind of crisis. With COVID, we ran into two different ones, both between the pandemic and everybody being forced home and being sick, and then the repercussions of there's nobody in the call center to actually take your call. So these led to all sorts of complications and work from home or not work from home tools. And the idea of what do you need to make it possible is a lot more empathy and understanding than what customer experience traditionally has had. And this in many ways go back to Marlene's comment about proper training, training people or eventually AIs to be empathizing with people and understanding their problems and responding appropriately is our next challenge. Go ahead, Nelly. To add to what you're saying, Eric, I absolutely agree. Being empathetic, being able to put ourselves into the other's shoes and always asking, uh, you know, how we can help or what we can do is crucial. But something else which I believe we learned or I do hope we learned during the pandemic was that we can empower many more employees to serve customers, actually. Um, maybe what used to be a customer care department domain only now could be spread across other departments because we have employees not being available for all sorts of reasons, because we have this spike of, you know, maybe customer care cases and well, maybe Marketing was the only department that updated the website, but now it falls under operations to be able to publish updates on the website. So thinking about, uh, you know, breaking silos is 
in general, good thing in my opinion, but also thinking about how we can empower more employees or other teams and departments into situ in, uh, situations like a crisis, that's crucial because again, maybe another department needs to take over or to assist or to help out. And out of a sudden, everyone is a customer care representative, right? Even if you were just coding uh, just you know last week, now out of a sudden, uh, you will have to maybe take on some other responsibilities. Yes. Stop raising your hands, ladies, and just talk. It's, <laughs> it's a panel conversation. You said to raise your, our hands at the very early on, so I'm just following. I'm a rule follower, unfortunately. Uh, that was meant for the audience who are muted, but go ahead. Okay. Eric, 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 you know something? Let's do something a little out of scope for these kind of events. You know, I, I know that normally we'll, in panels, you don't, you know, most times the audience doesn't really speak, but how about trying to unmute everybody in the audience and let them in on the conversation because i'm confident that they have you know things that they want to say not necessarily questions and, and voicing their opinion as well okay nelly i'm gonna to have to ask you to do that because i don't see where it's done no i'm still showing it the people who are there are still showing us muted right they have to unmute themselves i can give them the mic but ah. i don't want i mean i would never unmute them <laughs> automatically <laughs> because you never know okay uh, I mean, I, I'd love to ask a question from the uh, from the attendants and see who's willing to share. Go for it. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we're, we're talking about um, moments of crisis and how one department should might be able to or might be called on upon to respond to something that that is not within their realm, right? So, and uh, I have to say, like. They, there's a saying that says, if you've worked in retail, you can work anywhere because that's part of what retailers do is cross-training teams. Mm -hmm. So I love to hear from um, anyone that's attending, where else have we seen that happening? And and can you you know share an example of where that cross-training is, is imperative? Anyone in the audience, feel free to unmute and respond. Eric, I got to say one thing about being inside the metaverse. One thing doesn't work here. Can't toss chocolate to the audience. Exactly. <laughs> one of the things that we were planning right. is, you know, you know, one of us would have gotten up and called on somebody. Eric and I have have the, you know, Eric and I have this thing, you know, when we do when we do these kind of, you know live events. So we come in with like a huge bag of chocolates and we'll just start throwing them at people. You can't. Do oh that. wait, 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 wait. To clarify, basically, we start off with the discussion that. Anybody who asks a question or answers a question gets a chocolate to encourage audience participation. That's it's not just that we, ra we don't just randomly throw them. <laughs> Sometimes we do. Sometimes we do in order to wake people up. But, you know. I think unique to the universe, we can start getting like little uh, sort of points on the side and then we'll get a delivery of chocolates. Uh, gamification. That's right. That's a whole I separate discussion it. of customer experience and gamification. That's right. <laughs> exactly. That's a great suggestion. Thank you, guys. So next time we'll be able to throw virtual chocolate. Thank you, thank you, know. <laughs> yeah. So I don't see anybody in the audience volunteering a question or answer to this topic. So, okay, we're not going to force anybody to chat. 
Um, okay, if there's no more questions or topics, um, I'm going to give each of the panelists a couple of minutes to kind of give a wrap-up and a reminder of who they are uh, and how to find them uh, if you're interested in following up. Uh, and then we'll wrap this thing up a little bit early, I guess. So, Marlene, I'll start with you. Great. Well, um, you know, this this was very interesting for me because I think there was an exchange of um, ideas and, and just things that um, definitely created more curiosity within um, me in terms of how to use technology and the metaverse specifically on different things. Um, and that's what I look for, you know, for me, I'm, as like I mentioned, I'm an operator specifically for retail, but uh, I loved going into um, how to, you know, innovation and how to, how to send that out to not only our customers, but our employees were our customers. In operations, my teams out in the stores were my customers. So how do I make their lives easier? And that turns into a much better experience for the end consumer. So I am currently uh, available and um, accessible through LinkedIn. I've put my, my link on the chat and can certainly and would love to continue this conversation and, uh, and just create, a, you know, it's, it's not only the technology, but also the training that is necessary that goes into it. So using the technology for training, but also training the teams to use the technology appropriately. And that ultimately ends in, in process improvements and reduction of expenses and um, just implementation. So we'd love to chat and continue this conversation. Thank you for having me today. Thank you. Nelly? Thank you as well, Eric, for having me, for inviting me. It was a pleasure. And yes, I agree with Marlene. We can, we've just scratched the surface. We can talk on this topic for lo much longer. Uh, the way, what we, we do, what we want to achieve with Hangra is to turn learning, collaboration, event experiences into immersive engaging. And there is a lot to be done, a lot to be built. I very much appreciate your feedback now and in the future on, you know, any, any gamification features or anything that you may come up with. But what I would love to see is we learning and playing and doing it as we go without even realizing uh, that we are learning. That's my, my dream virtual world. Uh, and of course, we can achieve so much more. We've been asked for uh, our AI assistance, as I uh, already mentioned, as an extension to the physical office or the physical medical center as well someone who can provide that first tier of help of assistance maybe you know talk about procedures or talk about uh, diets before a procedure things like that there is so 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 much to be built so much to be done and i cannot be uh, happier to to be part of this really I was, only... <laughs> yeah. I was afraid you were going to slide into the lion king there uh, so much to do that's never been done and uh, never mind uh, Nir? Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's a very interesting discussion in terms of, you know, not only customer experience, but also where we're going 
you know, the world, the technology world in this case, I have a lot of faith in where we where we're going, which is I think it's good. <laughs> if anybody wants to contact me directly, you're welcome to do so through our website at caldonics.com or through uh, LinkedIn, which is the preferred way. I don't know why. I like people contacting through LinkedIn. It's easier. And welcome to come in and talk about anything that is customer experience or communications uh, and anything that relates to voice communications. Okay. You're welcome to contact me directly. If the three of you don't mind, I will include your LinkedIn uh, links in the follow-up to the event email that goes out so people can connect directly instead of having to try to remember how to find your name and properly spell things. Well, thank you, Eric. Make that easy for everybody. Part of the concept of good customer experience is making it easy to find. Um, so I'm, as I mentioned at the beginning, I'm recording this event audio and... Once I do a little bit of cleanup, it will go out onto our CXverse podcast. So it will be available for people to listen to. And they'll get to get, hear us talk about our lovely little, little avatars, but not actually get to see them. <laughs> Hopefully, we will be able to reschedule the live event and do it properly sometime in the spring uh, once things calm down a little bit. Uh, Pace is willing to let us come back and do it there again. Uh, most of the speakers who could not make it today for various reasons uh, have voice and interest in doing it live when we can again. So we can go back to the original agenda and expand upon it uh, in a live session. For that, we will definitely bring the chocolate. Absolutely. <laughs> and Anna just asked in the chat if there will be the you know, live event at Pace University. No, unfortunately, as Eric explained, uh, yeah. Wars and flights cancellations made it impossible to host the event at Pace University as planned, Anna. So this will be the end of this event. Thank you all. I'm your host, Eric Klein, again with Near Part of Cloud Onyx. And I will send out a follow-up email for everybody who wants to check with us, uh, including once I've got it, the link to the podcast on Spotify and some of the other services. So thank you all for coming. And hope you enjoyed the rest of your day and the rest of Tech Week. Thank you. And we can okay. do the final bye or, or maybe even dance. You have a lot of fun the with it. Okay. The panelists and have to dance now. <laughs> and yours applauding. Lovely. And here I'm going to just stop the recording. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of the CX Verse. Please sign up to learn about future episodes. We are looking for feedback and new speakers, so please be in touch. <laughs>